0: You are listening to the Thundercling Podcast.
1: <laughs> Just rippling abs. How are we going to get fucking sponsored by these guys if we can't even get the name right?
2: Did you say you're doing wrestling moves?
0: Oh god, I'm bleeding. Jason Kale was walking around on stilts. It was fucked up. Hey, I'm Feedy. My name is Dave. And I'm very excited about today's episode. We
1: have some deliverables, as they say, in yeah. some
0: sort of business. Some, somewhere they say that. Business people say yeah. we have deliverables, Deli- and today, the thunder we have a deliverable for well, you. Well, because we were lucky enough to have someone who has arguably gone from relatively unknown to maybe the best boulderer in the world right now. In the span of 10 months? 8 months? He is having... Um,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is all going to be understatement. Yes. He's having a hell of a season. Um, we were <laughs> lucky enough to to have Drew Ruana. Drew Ruana. American climber. Um, former comp climber. Yes. Current destroyer. Destroyer of boulders. Of boulders. Yeah, he looks at boulders and they start to cry. I mean, Drew is, is literally on a tear that is happening right now yeah that is unprecedented in the history of climbing yes because of the fact that he i i don't think he would climbed anything harder than v14 before last november
0: yes and now he's climbed three v16s
1: and j- he's
0: just decimating yes everything he touches well dave and i we we're, t- were talking about this and we're like well if you took what drew has done in the last 10 months and inserted it into a climber who let's say let's say go back going back to like 2010 and then had those boulders that drew's done be the span of 10 years just the last year of yeah. his climbing that boulderer or whoever it would be would be a very well-known boulderer a very successful bouldering career <laughs> yeah yeah for sure they'd have a fucking their own fleet of shoes uh with their sponsor. Yeah. And uh then you have Drew who just did that. Yeah, so this interview was really was awesome and surprisingly difficult because of how crazy it is the things Drew's done. We would there's like no it's hard to just talk about yes. the depth of the things he's done because it's happened so fast. Um so Dave and I were are, are just a little like
1: yeah. It's we were chatting before we were going to do this intro. We, we just got done with the interview and I'm super proud of it. We're both super yeah. proud of it. Drew was great. Uh, we'll, we'll get into what we talked about here in a second. But after it was over and we said goodbye to Drew, um, we were like, I don't know why, but that was a really challenging interview. And I think it's because Drew is doing something athletically, that is so intense <laughs> and nobody, none of us have had time to reflect on what he's doing Yeah, because it is happening as we speak in real time. Yes. He is just dispatching the world's hardest boulders as if they were nothing. Yes. I, I mean, I know he's working his yeah, they tail do, off yeah. for it, but um, it makes it a little bit difficult to talk about, especially <laughs> yeah. to Drew because Drew's just like, well, you know, I knew I was pretty strong. Yeah. <laughs> uh and uh, yeah. so i just you know i've tried real hard and i've had, I've been training since i was three years
0: old and yeah he's, no big he's deal. just he's so he's so honest and just real about it he's like you know like i i knew i was pretty strong so it was kind of just going out there and seeing what i could do it <laughs> turns out it's a lot <laughs> another another thing about this interview that was uh
1: only challenging for us like privately yeah. it, it, it i'm really happy with the way it went and drew's just a freaking great guy um but you know, drew was on as close as you can get to being an Olympian, yes, which in in this is for the listeners in the American zeitgeist mm-hmm. that is uh <laughs> gotta use that word at least once every <laughs> every show. Uh, that's like you know that's a Wheaties box. that's like a part of American yeah. Americana absolutely. He was so close and he didn't make it and he just walked away from comp climbing yes and we really wanted to get in the weeds with him about it but he was so like you know i did it and uh i don't miss it i didn't like the pressure um i have no regrets i'm super happy with <laughs> like every follow-up question that we could have possibly had he was he was just like i listen i am a well-adjusted person and i i don't miss it at all dude it's he
0: on-sided it he just he read did. he read the interview so cleanly.
1: Ah, oh, well, well it, it was so good. And we also, um in the second third or yeah, about two-thirds of the way through, we talk um a little bit about what is happening in the country in Drew's role in he, it. Yeah. yeah, what he sees as his role in it. Um he's been one of the more outspoken American boulderers. Yes, when it by comes far. Almost. By far.
0: I kind of feel that way.
1: Yeah. One of the main reasons we wanted him on, because I yeah. really admire people that are using their platforms right now. And the cool thing about it is that, you know, he brings up his white privilege. Yes. And he knows exactly what it is. And he kind of talks about where he thinks, how he thinks his voice mm-hmm. can inform our current climate. Yeah. Yeah. And it's cool to see a guy, a 21 year old guy who's going to be a future leader in this sport, just like head
0: on tackling the issues. We are, we're very. I'm just very grateful that climbing does have, you know, like, like we're we're gonna get, we we have just a great role model for just the sport, Uh, and for kids, and for kids. Yeah, it's great, man. I mean, I've been. I don't know. There's certain sports where the the people who are like the best in it are are just not not good people and uh i'm just glad that we have people like drew i've in always our sport. yeah it's it, it's tricky
1: about that kind of stuff like i think um about professional athletes some of them speak out and some of them never do yeah and but the thing is they're fucking they're a, we can't expect a professional athlete to be everything to us yes they cannot be an or they don't have to be an orator they don't have to be a social activist they are an athlete you know what i mean they spent their life doing this thing yeah and they are uh just astounding at it greater than you know many of us Mm -hmm. will ever be at anything we do in our lives we can't expect that out of them however it is awful nice yes when that does occur. And Drew is one of those guys who's like setting a great example for other athletes and climbing to be like, man, you have this platform. Let's use it. Let's try to change mine. Let's educate ourselves and thereby educate people who follow us. So Drew, we really get into the weeds with him about it. And it's nice. He's,
0: he's he's very comfortable talking about it, which is great. And, uh, it was a fun conversation and I hope you guys like it. I think we should, uh, are we going to go to the tape? I think we're going to go to the tape. What's the tape? The tape is... uh,
1: Oh, and you know, we also recorded this on Zoom. Yeah. Because I don't know if you guys know, but there is a really bad illness out there. (laughs) And it's called COVID-19. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's killed Mm -hmm. 183,000 people in America. So although Drew was... 17 minutes away from us if we drove 80 <laughs> miles per hour
0: we made the safer <laughs> call and just uh, kept our social distance
1: yeah he's in college yeah. we don't want to mess anything up so
0: but um, actually the the audio quality I think is really good, good. and um, I think the interview went well so hopefully you guys enjoy it and uh, we'll let Drew take it from here man yeah
1: take it over Drew yeah. do our job for us please Drew we're sick of doing way, it just I go talk, talk, that
0: talk that Drew and go social go. injustice don't give my respect
2: now nah some say my heart it's bleeding
1: out of my yeah. is, that your, is that your dorm
2: no it's a i live in an apartment on campus oh nice so way nicer than the dorm yeah. got like my own kitchen and stuff like that and it's cheaper so hell <laughs> yeah, dude
1: how's it going with the yeah. with the covid like how's the learning process it's honestly going?
2: really easy like all my stuff is online which i honestly like so much more um I don't know. It's I kinda like don't really want to go back in person. But yeah, it's my room. Just chilling on my bed what? right now. I got all these like trippy yeah, posters. Dude. They and, really are trippy posters. I mean I, Yeah, I went to Amazon and I just looked up trippy poster and bought like a twenty pack. Dude, you're like, I'm, I'm like, going oh, cool.
0: to I'm going to college. I gotta get my fucking trippy posters, man.
2: You have to dude, I got like the I got the LED string lights too, yeah. you know, classic like Sweet college vibes. I don't know. <laughs> Are you oh, 21 cool. yet? How uh, y'all doing? Yeah, I'm 21. Oh, shit. Congratulations. Right. Congratulations. <laughs> dude, <laughs> yeah, I'm the 21 year old freshman. It's kind of funny. Dude, that's kind of great, though. You <laughs> yeah, know, that's, that's super great. Yeah.
0: And it seems like you're moving out there knowing some people because if you're already living in an apartment with, I'm guessing they're folks you already knew, right?
2: Yeah, one of my friends uh, is here. He doesn't go to mines. Um, he's like in colorado christian or something like that but he's a climber as well cool. so worked out really Heck well yeah.
1: <laughs> sweet dude yeah. so classes are going good huh
2: yeah it's am like the starting first week, week? Two right now okay uh this is beginning of week two for me
1: 21 year old doing your like uh your general ed stuff is that what you're doing now
2: yeah dude it's it's kind of like boring honestly oh yeah i just started like intro to every single like i have a lot of ap credits from high school but i just started the intro basically because i've been out of school for two years i didn't want to like stretch myself too thin you know totally man yeah it's going pretty well so far my brother's here as well he's like two and a half years younger than me but is starting at mines at the same time (laughs) what pretty cool that's awesome (laughs) yeah so he just applied got in and he was like oh dang i kind of want to go there and then ah, so, yeah 18. we're both freshmen and i'm 21 and he's 18 so
1: <laughs> that's awesome dude it's good to have a big brother there are you going yeah, for the four-year track you can try to get out of there in three
2: uh definitely four nice um i'm still trying to like climb a yeah. lot <laughs> yeah yeah so, better to just kind of like take college slow and you know i want to make sure i like don't you know fail out of any classes stuff like that so and still be able to like train really hard and keep progressing and climbing. So I think it's better to just go for like four or five years instead of like three. There's
1: no shame in the five year track, my friend. That is, that is the track I pursued.
2: Yeah. (laughs) I think my mom was like four and a half years. Um, my dad was like well my dad was like an interesting case he like basically flunked out of the first year and a half dropped dropped out of college for like three years went climbing hell yeah (laughs) yeah and he met my mom and my mom had already graduated and she was just like yeah i'm not dating anyone like you sorry you're a (laughs) dirtbag and so he went back and just grinded for like a year and a half like taking 30 30 credit hours like insane oh my
1: god he must have been deeply in love he was very
0: he was very into your mom Yeah,
2: he was like i'm doing it i'm selling all my climbing stuff
0: (laughs) he's like so you're saying if i get a degree you're gonna marry me pretty much that's exactly what happened (laughs) do it dude you gotta get after it let's get
1: into a little bit of the beginnings dude so like you started climbing when you were three years old and somewhere, I don't know where, in a magazine or in a podcast, like on the Nugget or something, you said, I started getting serious around age nine. And yeah. I'm, I'm wondering, because that's true of gymnasts, like Olympic gymnasts and uh, all kinds of these kind of outside of mainstream sports, people get serious at age nine. But my question is, what does it look like for a nine-year-old
2: to get serious about something like that? Like, what does that mean? So, I mean, it's more like, (laughs) you know, if a nine-year-old can't train as hard as a 19-year-old, you know, like just on a physical and mental level, but yeah, from eight or nine years old, I like kind of had a dream, you know, I saw like videos of like Daniel Woods, Mm -hmm. like Nale, Adam, like all these super strong dudes, you know, doing the hardest climbs in the world and nine-year-old me, was like, I want to do that one day. I want to do the hardest climbs there ever was. I want to be one of the best there ever was. And so it was kind of just like incremental steps from when I was nine, like my coach was like, we can make that happen. Like, <laughs> That's awesome. Wow. That, that you're going to have to put in the work, but can make that just, you know, stay true to the dream. And so since then it was kind of like, I started like building the foundational steps in my training when I was nine, kept on going. Now I'm 21. So <laughs> kind it of paid like off. Dream. Yeah, the dream is starting to come true. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, just a little bit. Uh, yeah, I think it did.
2: Oh, we're not done yet. Yeah, yeah you're there's, fucking there's smashing
1: a... your dream into pieces yeah. right now, dude. You're exploding it.
2: <laughs> well, it's like dream keeps like evolving, you know. Yeah. It's yeah. like, oh, this is this is where I thought my limit was. Turns out that well, limit doesn't. exist. Let's push it up a little bit more. I mean, know, yeah, actually possible.
0: I feel like I saw somewhere that you had a uh, you had a goals list that was like, I hope to climb v15 at some point in the next few years and then it turns out that (laughs) v15 might actually not be as hard as you thought it was (laughs) you're like okay
2: (laughs) pretty much that's kind of what
0: it's like whoa that's kind of weird man
2: (laughs) and then that that turned into like v16 and then yeah my first one was like sleepwalker yeah in january and that took me like eight days and i was like oh oh okay like
0: yeah yeah, what
2: happened put like 50 days into a boulder what happens if i put five years into a boulder if i can do like what's rumored to be one of the hardest climbs in the continent in like a week of effort like
0: yeah what the hell
2: (laughs) what's next (laughs) so that's kind of just like since january it's like the dream's been like evolving yeah right now i'm starting to train again
1: i have a a tack onto this dude real quick so like i was on something the other day and it was hard for me. And I was like, fuck, man, I can't imagine how hard a V 16 truly, truly is this is well below V 16. So a lot of people don't understand the feelings that you're having inside of your head. Um, what does it felt like to like wrestle with the idea that like, holy shit, like I went from V 14 to V 16 in one year in a pretty aggressive way. (laughs) Like, in a pretty explosive, like, I'm fucking here, people. My name's Drew Ruana. Hi. (laughs) Like, how how does that... Is it surprising even to yourself? Or do you find yourself, like, shaking your head? Or did you expect it because you put in the training?
2: Uh, I don't know. I kind of, like, I kind of expected it. Like, I knew how strong I was in the gym. Like, I knew the stuff I was capable of doing. I just, like... You know, my background is in comp climbing and comps don't yeah. really give you like the same avenue of showing what you're capable of. You yeah. can like shine in the spotlight for sure, but it's more of like a, you know, oh, let's do this V11. That's super weird. in like four minutes, like, let's try and flash it. It's not the same as like, okay, I'm going to string together like the hardest physical moves I can do. Mm-hmm. And so like, yeah, with my train, like I knew how strong I was training. So I was like, oh, like, you know, V15, V16, like that i think it's possible like yeah i do it you know and then after i did it i was like okay well that was like hard you know but it wasn't like the something limit. where i was like okay that's like a lifelong goal for me but i, d- I guess that's just like a product of the training i did because like for years and years like when i got to the point where i was able to like push myself hard enough where it was like serious serious work going in I don't know. It was like every single day I'd try and like push myself harder than like the previous day. So there was days I was like, you know, throwing up every single day from training. Wow, you know, yes. That's definitely a lot of effort. I know. I was just, it's not like a, it's not something I really recommend most people do. Cause most <laughs> people burn out for sure. It, it yeah. Break.
0: Yeah. If anything, it's it seems up. like you're more psyched than ever though. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, Definitely. Yeah.
2: It's like, yeah, I've, I start, I quit comps and, uh, let's see, October last mm-hmm. year. And so we're just at like basically 10 months right now of like serious outdoor climbing. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I um, want to talk about that actually yeah. a little bit about your your stepping away from comps because I, that's pretty fascinating to me. And also like crazy irony is involved with it because as soon as you've fucking quit comps, a global pandemic made comps impossible.
3: You must've been like, dude, that was, that was good timing. Yeah.
1: So what was the, I mean, you had some serious success in comp climbing and you did it from age eight or whatever, when you joined your first team all the way up until last year. Um, how was stepping away from it? Or maybe you can talk about like the Olympics, you know, kind of like going towards the apex
2: for it. Uh, So, I mean, I've had like, Yeah, I guess I did like youth comps for a long time and I did open comps, then World Cups and stuff, uh, and then like the World Championships, Olympic qualifiers, but honestly, I can only count on like, you know, I've probably done like hundreds of comps by now. I can count on like one hand, the number of comps I left where I was like satisfied, you know, Mm. I was like, okay, I did good that comp. I'm happy with my performance every other comp there like i i guess i got some like weird mental block going and that stuff where i just every every time i just walk away and be like oh well dang i messed that up dang i messed that up like (laughs) you know and it sucks walking away like you know it's not walking away empty-handed it's like it and it's it's like you know just what's going on my head it sucks when i'm like you know over in switzerland having like the time of my life with you know all the teams and stuff like that you know meeting a bunch of great people like having a good time competing But on the flip side of that, like nobody can like, you know, it's all about fun, but at the same time, you know, you want to do the best you can. Yeah. And when I like walk away from a comp feeling like empty handed, I'm like, Oh dude, I made so many mistakes. Like I could have made semis. Like what is wrong with me? Why did I do that? Like, why didn't I do that? Yeah. You know, after a while I kind of realized it was like, Oh dang, every single comp is going like this. Every single comp I like, make a mistake mess up end out right out of semifinals again like you know (sighs) and so after enough times i'm like dang like i know how strong i am like why is this not working out for me and then so after uh let's see in october or let's go back to world championships that was in august last year um that was the like first true like olympic qualifier you know and i finally started having like a good comp you know i ended up in eighth place in bouldering or something, which is like the best result I've ever gotten in bouldering. Um, so that went okay. Ropes went okay. Like I ended up in like 15th or something or 16th in the semifinal, which is one of the better like lead results I've gotten, but I still was like, I could have done better on that. Then the, um, combined round comes around and long story short, (laughs) I kind of messed up really bad but i managed to like pull it back on the rope route since it's a uh, multiplication and i fell like i messed up this clip started resting when it just total tactical mistakes that i oh. like knew as i was making them i was just like i'm fucking up right now i lost my flow and i jumped for this hold that i thought was going to be bad so i was like clipping before you know trying mm. to uh oh, yeah get the clip and i fumbled the clip started getting pumped finally made it jumped for the next hold felt it it was like a really good pocket and uh fell out of it because i was too pumped and had i not spent like literally 45 seconds fumbling this clip i would have grabbed that hold and that would have been the difference between yeah. me making olympics or not because oh lead my ranking, god yeah that my lead ranking would have gone up six spots i would have gone from like eighth place and lead to like third place or something and then Oh, so that that sucked it was on like my birthday <laughs> it was like the only I <laughs> just add it add salt to the. Wind, you know? oh
0: such a great yeah. gift thank you thank <laughs> you climbing gods
2: yeah and then uh so that was you know i ended up in like 13th in the combined rounds so like not bad but also like i just wanted more you know i walked away feeling empty-handed like again you know and then that was kind of what started it for me after that moved to salt lake city Mm -hmm. um for like training and stuff just all the u.s team is based out of there yeah and i started like climbing outside uh joe's valley with like a couple of my friends like me and my homie brennan and uh Mm -hmm. sam would just do like weekend trips pretty much every weekend and we'd also do like midday trips when we just get psyched and be like, Hey, you want to drive three hours? And go yeah, climb? hell yeah. <laughs> so we just do that, you know, like afternoon, six hours of driving for like two boulder problems trips. Like we were just psyched. And then I had like my first like good day of climbing. Like I did like a V 15 and three V 13s and like yeah. two V 11s. That's pretty good. Same <laughs> That's <laughs> all right. So I was like, Oh, okay. That was Whoa, cool.
0: That was fun.
2: Yeah, I was like, <laughs> that was weird, like, how'd that happen? But it was, like, that was that felt like a normal training day. I wasn't, like, mm-hmm. surprised. I was like, oh, I could do that, like, you know, every other day. Dude, so, wow. Um, I mean... But then after that, I went to, like, Inzai and uh, Jamin for the last two lead World Cups. Mm-hmm. And the first one in China messed up the beta, still held this, like, gnarly swing on this rope climb that I should have fallen on. Like, it was probably... I don't know, like a V ten single move just in the middle of it because my foot slipped, but I like held <laughs> off <away. laughs> And then I ended that comp in like twenty seventh place, which is one spot out of semifinals. Damn it, dude. Oh god. And the next comp was in zai I did really well that comp in qualities. I like made I think I made it to semis in like eighth place or something like that. Wow. And then the semifinal route, there was a, a dyno at the third bolt. I missed it and I fell. Man instantly down and after that i was like wow i really flew across the world to mess up at the third bolt in seventh.
0: <laughs> dude that's crazy i mean it's just that hurts that's such a it's such a weird sport where it's like all right you get one shot at this that you think you've yeah. never seen <laughs> all this training you've done it can be gone so quickly yeah
2: and that's it and people and are like it. oh be glad for the opportunity i'm like well i'm not bashing the opportunity but also like Fuck. all the amount of training i put in like i didn't get to show that at all like nobody saw that i didn't see it Whew. i didn't realize what i was capable of because i messed up you know Man, that's the name of the game but it still sucks
0: dude you you so. talking about your struggles with comp climbing it just makes it's like gives me a lot of respect for just how hard it is to be a high level comp climber because i mean oh yeah i don't know if everyone is as strong as you are but i doubt it and it blows my mind that you know like i don't think you can get that much more physically um yeah. strong right but then there's this weird aspect to the comp climbing which is the the head game the the all the mental battles you do the dis- the tactics like you talked about yeah there's such a there are so many more x factors that you can't really see that go into exactly. making a I I don't know, like like Nathaniel Coleman made the Olympics, right? Like what was this, what 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 was the, the difference really between
2: Well I lived with Nathaniel in Salt Lake City. He's my room He is the like he climbs at a hundred percent in comps, like his true one hundred percent better than anyone else I've ever met. Wow. He's able to like see a boulder and if it's weird or whatever, he just doesn't care and he accesses this like crazy Zen mode where like he will perform like to the app, like absolute best of his ability every single time in a comp. It's really inspiring. It's super cool. He climbs so well under pressure, yeah, that's like really better, cool. better than anyone else. I know for sure. Fuck. But, that's yeah. high level, man. Um, yeah, it's really cool. What kind of bandwidth
1: did the Olympics like occupy in your headspace while you were trying to achieve that goal? Like, was that like, like the biggest, pa- of- how, what was that? like 95 percent. <laughs> okay like you were was, psyched that's what you wanted I was
2: barely climbing out i was climbing outside like once a week or something like that tops and it was like after training if that and like i'd go for months and months without climbing outside um and then yeah after that comp it was like as soon as i fell i was like i'm done i'm done with this like i'm done with comps yeah And before i even like got on the plane to go home i was like i'm dropping out of pan am's I'm fucking done with this shit. Like, this is so frustrating. It was like an entire year of my Ugh. life led up to that one moment in Hachioji, and I, I like dropped the ball basically.
1: Holy so, moly.
2: Yeah. So in October, I was like, cool, I'm done. And the coaches were just like, hey, like, you should, you should really reconsider and do Pan Am's. And like, <laughs> like no. no, I'm done. I don't care anymore. I don't even want to compete in the Olympics. I'm over it. Yeah. You left it with no regret. Nope, none at all. God damn. I don't even know if I'm gonna go back to comps. I like having so much more fun, like million times more fun now. Yeah. Because now it's like I'm actually like, oh dang, I can actually like I know what I'm capable of now. You know, and I know what like I found my calling kind of. Yeah.
0: (laughs) You get to you get to choose, like you get to give as many attempts as you want to get that hundred percent, you know? Like you don't have that one shot you can you can project, right? Or you can try a boulder multiple times and just refine I don't know. It's,
1: I mean, comp climbing is comp climbing, right? What you're doing is fucking climbing. You are (laughs) climbing. Comp climbing is a sport. It's an event. It's a competition between people. It's a different
2: kind of climbing, a different kind of training. Like it's just different. You know, people Mm -hmm. are good at comps. People are good at outdoors. Like it's just a different mentality, different approach to training. Like, I don't know. Some people are going to be just better at comps than they are at outdoor climbing. It's totally fine. (laughs) You know, some people are going to be better at speed. Some people are going to love lead climbing. Some people are going to like bouldering. Like yeah. it's all, you just pick and choose what you want to do.
1: Well, what Fidi was talking about blows my mind though. Like I look at your resume like since November or whatever, and <laughs> I fucking pass out every time I think oh, about it. But other than that, it's, you think like you can't get any stronger than Drew is right now. And Feedy was like, to this uh, this afternoon, he was like, God, is everybody fucking as strong as Drew Rowana? Because he's getting beat in comps. And your like native power is in in strength and ability is to a level that's just like unbelievable.
2: Yeah. Well, it doesn't mean do anything in comps. It's not yeah. about how strong you are. It's about how like well you can compete under pressure. Yeah. It's about how few mistakes you can make. Yeah. It's really interesting. Yeah. Just, like psychologically. Yeah psychologically like it doesn't matter how many one-arm pull-ups you can do it's not going to help you on the world cup volume slab, you know? Yeah. It's not yeah. Gonna help you on the run and jump. It's not going to help you on like the weird paddle dyno that takes you 20 tries to do like, <laughs> Jesus. That
1: makes me want to throw up too. Um, okay. Let's talk about pressure here a little bit. What are, I'm curious to know what kind of the difference in pressure is. Cause you obviously feel a little bit of pressure when you're out sending something, your ability, at the absolute limit of your physical ability on real rock. And then there are the pressures of competing. What are the differences? Like, what are the differences of those pressures weighing on you in those two different aspects of climbing?
2: Uh, with comps, at least I kind of like, let me, let me think how to word this. I don't like the pressure in comps as much. Yeah. Like, cause I know that I only get one chance with rocks. It's like, I'm like, oh well, if I thought I was gonna do the boulder today and I don't, I'm just gonna do you know. <laughs> but it's like even as far as that, like the three sixteens I've done, I like called that I was gonna do them that day. I was like, I feel really good today. I think I'm gonna do these. Like for sleepwalker, box and creature. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know, super amped on the hike up, just charging up, you know. I'm just like, I feel really good right oh, now. Oh yeah. Um and with comps, it's like it doesn't matter like how good I feel, because sometimes I felt really good and I'd like there's one rote nationals. I like only person to top both qualifiers, high point and semis by like 20 holds. Wow! Second bolt. Oh <laughs> and finally, god! Yeah. And I was just <laughs> like, oh dang, cool. There goes a the year. There goes a the year.
0: Well, that's like a skill set that comp climbing might have given you too, though. Is the uh, just being so in tuned with how you feel physically and like yeah. kind of knowing where your 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 ability to perform is at but um i don't really know where i was going with that I...
2: <laughs> do you miss no, that's it? A, just an observation but yeah i think you're right that but like growing up comp climbing like the training for that definitely like kind of paved the way for what i do with outdoors and there is something to be said about the pressure like you know knowing that you have to like climb at your best to like maybe do okay mm-hmm. you know it like just if you climb at your best that doesn't mean any like you know because you can only control like what you do in comps you can't control anyone else climbs so like my 100% may be someone else's 80% on that certain route and so all you can do is like go and you know train as hard as you can beforehand to give you as much like wiggle room as possible to do as well as possible on the climb
1: crazy man so you uh you don't miss anything from comps either huh nah not at all fucking good for you dude you have such a healthy mindset about that
2: yeah I gotta grab my lap- I'm, my laptop detaches it's almost dead right now oh no worries
1: <laughs> I'm gonna ask another question while you're walking yeah, um, how- so like we're, we were talking about pressure specifically for outside I don't know what your like sponsorship paradigm is but do you feel like pressure to do you ever feel pressure to like rack up big grades you know go do do you do you, do you feel uh, any push from your sponsors to do that or is
2: this like well, your no, own it's they're, totally they're your journey. Amazing. they're like I don't know they so I'm with like five companies or whatever um, Trango for like gear Tanaya for shoes um, Arcteryx for like gear and clothing yeah um, Tension which is kind of like a more of a community type thing and then Fizz Advantage for products um like supplements or whatever and they're all kind of just like you do your thing like do what you're psyched on you know so right now my interest lies in bouldering because yeah i mean just lies in bouldering right now Uh, (laughs) maybe in the future like i don't want to like only be like a one-dimensional climber like i've thought about trying to do like you know 515 just as is you know maybe try and do like some of the 15 c's or something Maybe Dude, like hard it. big walls, maybe like Dawn wall, you know, it's kind of, I'll see where my interests align later in life. You spe- right now, I'll oh, go ahead. Go ahead. ahead. Uh, right now I'm kind of in like a bouldering phase. So I kind of want to see like how far I can push this before I start getting like bored of just the one dimensional aspect yeah. of bouldering. it up to like ropes or something or big walls or trad or whatever. I don't really know.
1: Have you plugged gear before?
2: Yeah. yeah. I used to track Bit index with my dad
1: nice and you can see yourself moving into that um that world a little bit more in the future
2: yeah i mean i'll definitely dabble a bit more like i think it'd be cool to try and do like some of the hardest at like individual aspects of like each uh, climbing like i don't know it'd be cool to try and do some of like a like a tom and pete's like really hard crack climbs just you know train for a season for that it'd be cool to like you know train for a year or so try and do some like Hard 15s. um be cool to like big wall. Don wall is pretty cool. Yeah, that is
0: pretty cool. <laughs> Dude, that's bro. like
2: yeah, that's long year. That's yeah. like you know the ten year plan or whatever. <laughs>
1: the fucking oh, but you know my ten year plan. I'm gonna graduate from college, do the Don wall. No big yeah. deal. It's well, just part of my plan. Hey
2: man, you know it, like I told, like when I was nine years old. Like, yeah, that's this right. Ten year plan when I was like nine. So. <laughs> that's you know,
1: fucking
0: that's awesome
2: gonna bring.
0: well we can all agree that i think you're starting off with one of the better better bases for you know <laughs> i think just being like if you can boulder v16 then in theory you know there shouldn't be much physically stopping you from being able to do the moves on don wall or any yeah, exactly. 15 you know so
2: bouldering is like the base level of climbing you know it's yeah. like the kind of the purest thing it's just like all right what is like the hardest moves you can do mm. like what are you like physically capable of pulling kind of just like, I think sprinting is like the basis for running, like how fast can you go?
0: And you're early. And a lot of your early climbing was, was outdoor climbing was primarily sport climbing, right? Yeah. So that was kind of your, another aspect of your climbing that you did a lot. Um, Yeah. But I think it's fucking cool, man. The like
1: trad world and big wall world is so ripe for you guys that you like v16 and 514 d climbers just to like get in there and explode the paradigm yeah, i mean people have cool. been talking about it uh carlo traversi talks about it all the time yeah um that's exciting man that's like kind of yeah. like breaking into a new frontier
2: yeah there's like a the diamond or whatever up on long's peak yeah people do some like i don't know 515 potential at like yeah. 14,000 foot elevation. Oh. That's like a long-term goal. Just establish something hard on there.
1: Wow. that'd be, Did you see uh, Chris Widener's new route that just went up there, that 13?
2: Yeah. Yeah, John Glassberg put together a like, pretty cool film of that.
1: Oh, right. That thing looked fucking yeah. sick. That's just so proud, man. It's so cool to see that stuff. But you got to be in the right headspace to chase that.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, be- before you even start exploring these other domains of climbing, I feel like... Uh, what are your thoughts on developing boulders? I mean, let's be real here. You've climbed like four or three of the five V16s in the US now. So I there's feel
2: like a more. there's like uh, the process. Um, there's this kind of unknown one from Unknown Crusher Griffin Whiteside. Oh, uh, no additive sit start in Joe's Valley. Oh, okay. Wow. It's disgusting. It's like lucid dreaming, except each individual move is harder than each individual move of Lucid. Okay like it's so good. it's so hard yeah uh, that's what there's like grand illusion which definitely got to go back to that one. oh yeah um hypnotized minds oh you're
1: right there are a few you, yeah i i saw somewhere else so you weren't maybe you weren't super interested in the process right now or you didn't used yeah, to be
2: i didn't really like i don't like highballs it kind of scared me
0: yeah well, i they rather
2: not lose. <laughs> Potentially four months of climbing from like a fractured leg.
0: Yeah. Yeah,
2: it stick- sucks. It's kind of close to the ground.
1: <laughs> For sure. I've got uh, I've got three broken legs from highballs I can tell you all about. It's three? Just not- Do you get one and
2: you keep going back?
0: Yeah, this guy, he loves breaking his bones. <laughs> yeah, I've got mental problems, Drew.
2: <laughs> I got to say, props there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> have, like broken a leg from a highball or something Or like, okay, I'm done. Yeah. With, like, both
0: no. Well, when Dave was nine years old, he told his dad, he's like, dad, my dream is I want to break all tw- my bones in my body. I want to break 20 bones yeah. by the time I'm 50.
2: Where are you at?
1: I'm at 18. <laughs> <laughs> but the rest are from fucking other Other, kinds other sports.
2: Yeah, that's fair. But still, man, like, uh, <laughs> Gee, I, I guess that's impressive. Like, I guess, congrats.
1: <laughs> yeah, I had a, I had a really good doozy in India. I was climbing in Hampi and a hold broke on a highball. And I fractured my tib-fib, um, fractured my transverse process in my spine. And then by the time I got back to America, I had so much. I was so fucked up. By the time I got back to America, the doctor was like, oh, you also broke your pinky. And I had no idea. <laughs> I had no idea my pinky was broken. Just
2: icing on the cake. <laughs> yeah. You're like, oh, okay, sick. Yeah. There's another one added to the tally. <laughs> yes.
1: I was like number eight at that time. I think.
0: Oh, just a baby. Anyway, okay, we don't need to talk about that shit anymore. <laughs> so, so you took two years out of school or post high school, Drew, to just pursue yeah. climbing or comp climbing, I guess. Yeah. Nice. And then
2: the first year I did comps, and then, yeah, I told you about that revelation.
0: Yeah.
2: I was kind of like just over, that was like a year and a quarter, a year mm-hmm. and a few months after. And then, yeah, 10 months of just only outdoor bouldering.
0: Yeah. I mean, I got to ask, what was the, what stopped you from being like, you know what, I'm just going to keep riding this gigantic wave of momentum and not worry about school for a little longer? Good question
2: uh i was kind of scared if i was out for long enough i wouldn't come back and like, <laughs> I, had to probably, like I mean two years is a lot and like right yeah. before school starting i was like fuck i'm really about to start school dang <laughs> but i don't know two years this like felt like a pretty good time and like i'm really happy in school right now especially that it's all online i feel like i have a little bit less time for climbing but like still it's i climb six days a week totally fine I don't Mm. feel stressed for time at all so i'm like okay i might as well just go through this get a degree and then afterwards like with that degree i have like a fail safe you know like i can if i get injured and i'm not able to climb hard again then i'm not like worried about you know where's the rest of my livelihood going and it like i feel like it would be like i i don't want to like just climb you know like i can give back to the climbing community like certain ways I feel like i can also have the potential to like you know do some cool stuff with like another career as well like i want to go into like some sort of like medicine research and development which would be pretty cool just do that and then also climb
1: nice dude well it, that's cool because a lot of the culture and climbing right now well for the past like 50 years <laughs> has been like let's not be responsible let's just fucking go climbing let's be dirtbags. but there's like this rising culture of climbers who have pursued that path. Right. And maybe they get into some trouble and somehow in this whole, like go fund me culture, like I don't have insurance. I don't have a job. If I hurt myself, it's just like, man, I I see guys like taking your tack and that makes me hopeful that like you, you don't just have to climb. You can go out and get a degree too.
2: Yeah. And it's like, I feel like I have so much downtime when I'm climbing, like a lot of my, I can't climb for 12 hours a day. You know, I can try a project for like, you know, two hours a day and then I'm wrecked. So it's like what I do with the rest of the time. Like, you know, I feel like I can kind of attack, I can do one at a hundred percent or like both at a hundred percent, you know? So it's like, which one should I.
1: So we were talking about a little bit about your goals. What are your college year goals? Like you got four years, you're gonna be in Colorado, you're gonna be in Golden. At least for the school year, right? And then wherever yeah. during the uh, summers. Do you have any did, did you like brainstorm about some things that you want to take care of in that time? While you're kinda of shackled Are you like
2: climbing goals?
1: Yeah, climbing goals while you're kinda of like oh, shackled yeah, to an education.
2: Oh here. How do how do I switch the video?
0: Oh, um maybe if you at the bottom there's like a share oh. screen.
2: Yeah, I got it. Wait here we have it oh wait what?
3: Are, oh,
0: what
2: are you kidding me why is that wait what happened uh i'm trying to it's like face oh my god <laughs> <laughs> Can you see is it just all backwards dude what
0: no it's okay, good well, it's good no it's, it's good it's good oh look at the projects dude yeah whoa megatron
2: the v17 holy
0: shit yeah wait what there's v17 numbers
2: there's projects that's like every area pretty much like
0: oh my god
2: every great every climb v14 and up so i just go through them dude when i'm done i love it like i see that board every time i walk in my room (laughs) and like i'm like what's next you know wow that's badass I haven't really shown many people that, so.
0: I'm honored. Thank you. We'll, but, we'll keep it under
1: cover. Um, are you a list
2: maker? Wanna, what?
1: Are you a list maker? Are you like one of those dudes who needs like that visual impetus to like keep shit straight in your head?
2: Not really. No. Um, I just like having that because it's like a, it's kind of a goal, you know, like I think it'd be really cool to do every single B14 and up in Colorado. Yeah.
0: Uh-huh. There's a lot of them too, I feel like, in Colorado. It's a, <laughs> good, a, it's a good state.
2: A that's like that's a multiple year thing right yeah. there. So but you know, by the end of that it'd be sick to like, you know, take a picture of that and be like, yeah. Holy crap, this is like this whiteboard right here represents like four years I of my know. climbing, like a four year goal, you know? Dude. And then that small whiteboard is just like projects that I could think of that yeah. are like cool to me. There's Damn. I could probably get another big whiteboard and just fill it with projects in each area that, like, could be V14 or harder. So,
1: Man, uh And with guys like Griffin Whiteside just, like, lurking out there secretly, just fucking dispatching every hard first ascent, you're going to have, like, 30 more problems up there by the end of the four years because yeah, dudes ending. like him are out there just yep. putting <laughs> up new lines everywhere.
2: It's pretty sick. He just did a really new cool one at uh, this place called Camp Dick. Oh, yeah. I love Camp Dick.
1: Dude, yeah, where did where is it in camp dick
2: it's just up on the hill like i don't know it's really close to the parking lot it's like a 10 minute walk the dark horse North of Colorado. Colorado. yeah
0: man he's a curious
2: yeah.
1: fellow
0: he's a curious dude man i i can't help but think of how psyched your your parent your dad at least must be about just like because he invested so much in you being hopefully being into climbing and then here well, you are my mom too. My your mom, mom too really yeah
2: well yeah They were both kind of like super foundational for me, I guess.
1: So you're just, you were just talking about your, like your folks were invested in you, which leads me to think about our current culture especially how it's uh, the racial unrest and societal um, Jesus. This is hard to talk about, like to not say the wrong thing, kind of the societal inequity that we're all dealing with and it's starkest in climbing Is that there are a lot of white dudes out there who are crushing and a lot of people viewing that and seeing the stories being told about them. And they're just like, well, they're fucking privileged, you know, I hope that they know, they understand that they're allowed to do, not allowed to do this. This is available to them because of the privilege they come from
2: it's it's not necessarily like a bad thing like i remember I, i'm not going to like name names but like five years ago someone said to me like oh yo you're only strong because you're white and at the time i was like yo fuck you like <laughs> that is such a dick thing to say like you know you don't you don't know the work i put in blah 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 and then kind of in light of everything i'm like okay that is like you know 95 99 true or whatever yeah like, you know it's the fact that I grew up with two loving parents who you know went out of their way to support me like you know my dad kind of gave up his entire like climbing life his entire athletic life just to support me and my like brothers or my brother and my sister in like their athletic endeavors you know I don't know any other parents who like gave up as much as my dad did my mom was always willing to like facilitate things they're just like I mean the drive was there you know like i push myself harder i train harder than almost everyone else you know so it's that coupled with the fact that i was immensely privileged and able to like take all these training opportunities i was able to fly across the country for pre-nationals training camp you know competitions are expensive my parents were like screw it yeah any any comp you want to go to we'll pay for the plane ticket and hotel and that's opportunities that like few other people got so it was i'm like Extremely, extremely lucky and privileged in that sense. And it's kind of like, yeah, my duty now. Like, if I'm this privileged, like, it's kind of, I have to speak up when I see shit that isn't right. You know, for example, I don't think about like the personal danger to me from other people when I go outside. There's a lot of climbing areas that are around rural areas, you know, Mm -hmm. like I drive past, like, you know, confederate flags going to the red river gorge and i'm like well fuck those guys you know like those guys are dicks those guys are racist those guys are pieces of shit that's as a white guy like how does that feel as a black person unimaginable and seeing that that's just one very specific example of like you know the inequity in climbing it's the act of climbing itself the act of climbing a rock is that racist like no the culture around it. There's still like a lot of issues that need to be fixed for sure.
1: Like what, what are you talking about?
2: Stuff like that. Access issues. Like just being like, somebody said to me, like, you know, imagine how like awkward it could be as a person of color walking into the gym. And for instance, nobody looks like you, you know, that's something I never think about. That's something other white people never think about because, you know, you're surrounded by people who are like yourselves, like, I'm never worried about going outside into the mountains by myself and potentially running into other people who like are racist, like outwardly racist. That's something that a person of color walks into the gym and they're like, why is this? Like, I'm the only person here. This is uncomfortable. I don't like this. Um, you know, that's just very specific. Yeah. No, example. that's,
0: that's totally accurate though. Just
2: and then on like my Instagram or whatever. I like put yeah. up a post about it and it was actually like, that was like one of the first like eye-opening moments I had where I was like, oh my God, like yeah. people are actually resisting this idea. Like, what is, you know, we're all I after uh, May and George Floyd, that was when I kind of like woke up. And I'm not, you know, proud to say I should have been paying attention earlier, but that's you know, should have, would have, could've, like, yeah. Not we all yeah. But like since then it's been just a lot of like reading, listening, educating myself. Um and when I make this post about it based on like my own observations, so many people were immediate to jump the gun and be like, Oh, climbing itself isn't racist. I'm like, that's not my point. Like when I say climbing is racist, I don't mean climbing a rock. I mean, <laughs> the culture culture. like obviously climbing yeah. a rock, it's, it's climbing a rock. It's like doing a pull up or something, you yeah. know, but then so many people are resistant to the idea that like, we all need to do our part to make it a better place for everyone. Like, you know, even to the people who say it isn't racist, like what is the problem with still trying to make it better for everyone, more equity and equitable for everyone.
1: Yeah. Do you have a healthy relationship with engaging, um, with those respondents or does that make you feel fucked up? And I don't know how to say this, but like um, when I engage with that stuff, toxic. the, the fury and like the frustration, makes it difficult for me to be a normal person it makes me difficult yeah. to like find joy uh for like three days
2: yeah are i you... definitely have lost my cool a few times against some people like i don't know just because of the size of my instagram or whatever like it's not as big as some other people's are but like i'm past 20k now so there are going to be like a lot of responses even if like yes 0.1 of the people who follow me are racist that's what like 200 people or something like that maybe my math's wrong there maybe <laughs> that's know. why you're in college man Don't yeah, worry you'll, you'll, learn, you'll it. learn it my brain's not working right now um, <laughs> but like there's always people who like will fundamentally disagree with what you say yeah and when you scale up the size of the audience that you reach there's more and more people who are going to reach out to you like with either like affirming views or like mm-hmm. uh, negative views about like what you've said so with that like most of the interactions i have are civil i've had a few where somebody is like very outspoken like very outwardly racist and yes. i'm like dude i like i can't even engage with you like yes. you've made literal threats against me off of like an instagram story like you've said you're yeah. gonna like hurt me when you see me off of an instagram story like how the f- like what is yeah you know, there's
0: no okay. there's no room for dialogue there
2: exactly but then it's like that person is feel like that harsh to me, like a white person, like how do they treat people of color, you know? So then that's kind of like grounding. And I'm like, okay, still more work to do, still more conversing. And like, most of the conversations are civil, but also it's Instagram is like, I've been realizing this lately. It's a very good, like echo chamber. Like you end up like agreeing with a lot of things that you see but it's really hard to like change someone's mind over instagram that's something that's better to have like a face-to-face conversation on unfortunately that's not really possible especially now given corona like i'm not gonna you know meet up or call someone who like disagrees with something i posted on instagram yeah it's just I don't know. Just every single day, just continuing to yeah speak up and try and like convince people that they need to change their worldview and have a little bo- bit more humanity. You know,
0: I mean, I think I speak for Dave and I when I say that it's just it was really awesome to have someone who is you know a higher caliber climber being outspoken because it seemed like it was. There's a lot of climbers out there, high level climbers with big followings that you know kind of just don't touch on anything that's going on. And so yeah, I guess I'm just saying it's it's nice to have people out there also reminding like the the general audience of climbing. Like, hey, by the way, like let's I want to piggyback we, on that We can be better. Yeah,
1: I, I wanna say it mostly for our listeners is that I admire that you stepped out and spoke your mind when it came to um the social and, and racial Inequity and unrest that is finally bubbled to a froth after George Floyd. Cause that's, um, that's not a requirement for you.
2: Yeah. So my question
1: is, do you feel like for you as a human that you, it is a requirement for you to speak out?
2: As a human. Yes. As an athlete, like obviously not if it was a requirement we'd be seeing more top athletes doing it you know instead of just the black square on instagram or something like that yeah like as a human i think it's really messed up that's why i'm speaking my mind about it and like i don't i don't like obviously want to make this like about myself because it's not about myself like um but that's kind of just yeah going back to the parents like telling you know instilling values so you know you always have to treat other people with respect and stuff like that so when you see instances of like oh well you can look at the statistics of like like black people getting brutalized by police killed by police for instance like you know that's that's just the kind of like facet that like actually like changed my mind after like george not changed my mind that's the wrong thing to say but um, that was kind of the, the catalyst for like when i started like actually reading more and like trying Mm -hmm. to like immerse myself in okay this world is not about me you know yeah it's about people who are not as privileged as me and so it's um i don't know with an audience it's i feel like it's kind of important especially in climbing like i don't have a voice in the real world i don't have a say in like what like goes on politics wise in the country but i have a voice in climbing so i'm gonna gonna use that voice if i feel like i need to say something
1: well It's awesome, and I I don't want you to name any names. I'm not going to name any names, and we don't have to throw anybody under the bus. I just want to dig into something else. There are a lot of top tier American climbing athletes who have chosen not to really speak out much about the inequity that we see in our society, and this is certainly not incumbent upon them to do that. They don't have to do that if they don't want to, but it is glaringly obvious. Now you are a professional climber. You have competed with these people and hung out with them. What do you think, why do you think some climbers are choosing just not to engage with, um, the massive platform, the massive voice that they do have? Um, why do you think some people choose not to do that while you're out there? Kind of like throwing haymakers when you can.
2: (laughs) It's a, I mean. I think the only thing is it's uncomfortable. Like I'm, I know a lot of, uh, people who could be speaking out and like, I know for a fact, like kind of who they are as a person, their values as a person. And I know that they're on the same page as me, but it's uncomfortable having to like potentially engage with, you know, hundreds of people who are like fundamentally disagreeing with you. And it sucks because, especially on instagram that's like the kind of easiest way to engage with people yeah and a lot of people forget that at the end of the day like all the pros like we're people too yeah we're not, we just happen to have a large instagram following you happen to climb at a higher level than like most people it's not something where it's like oh this person is like mythical i can say whatever i want to them and they won't react to it it's like People say some like pretty mean shit to me, and I'm like, Dude, that is like not a cool thing to say. Like, I'm a person too. You can't, like, you wouldn't say that to my face. Why are you, you know. type that on Instagram? Like, you know, say it to my face, and then it's a different story.
1: And you but, think that's what's like stopping some of those other super high-end athletes from speaking out is just like they don't want yeah, the hassle of that engagement.
2: Yeah, I, I think that's it. It's like some of them are not as uh, educated as they should be. Like some of yeah. them live in the world of climbing they have good values but they're also like i don't know not not uh putting themselves out there as much like reading stuff that makes you uncomfortable like like i said like yeah five years ago someone told me i was like only strong because i was white and at the time it sucked and i was like that's bullshit now different lens of like kind of looking through the world totally true you know
1: yeah i really feel like that when we were you know I'm a white guy too, man. I've been on this journey just like you. Um, And the first and most painful lesson you learn is like, fuck was I defensive? Holy cow. I I took so much offense when it wasn't about somebody trying to like be personally mean to me. They were just speaking the truth.
2: Yeah. And it's like when someone says like, you're only strong because you're white or something like that. For example, like I'm just using that one as an example. When they say you, it doesn't mean you specific, like it does. And it doesn't, it's more of like a, you know, your race doesn't have to deal with the shit that every other race does. You know, you don't like you guys are given the benefit of the doubt. Like you can just look at straight statistics, you know, it's like white people are very, very privileged. So when someone says like you, it's more just like, the way I kind of like think about it now is just like a, this is not directed towards you. This is directed towards white people, you know?
1: Right. That's, that statement is like the tip of an iceberg. Like, and if you dig down to the nuances behind what it means, like you're only strong because you're white, that means a lot of other things, not just that.
2: Yeah. That means, you know, I'm like, I had really good loving parents came from like a, you know, good, like wealthy family that was able to like afford any plane ticket I ever wanted, any coach I wanted, any training I ever wanted. Like that's just a privilege that a lot of people are not able to afford. Yeah.
1: Most people looked like you, you were always, you were always comfortable. Your access into the gym was never a question of, will I be the only person that looks like me here? You know, it's just shit you'd never ever thought about until you have to turn off your defense mechanism. And that's the first
2: step. yeah. It's like nobody like I'm not when, you know, you call something privileged. It's not ne- like it's not necessarily an attack. It's like if somebody calls me privileged, it's like, yo, know, it's not I'm not going to go like cry about it. I'm not <laughs> going to go be like, oh, well, that's not true. But blah, blah, blah. it's just like, OK, that is the truth. What am I going to do with it? You know, yeah. I am privileged what I'm going to do with that privilege. You know,
1: let's talk so about that. that. What can in your mind, I, I don't want to put you on the spot with like a, a policy question or anything. But what can kind of like uh, in an overarching way, how can climbing this sport that you've fucking dedicated your life to and you're absolutely at like the apogee of climbing right now. How can this sport that you love so much become more inclusive and have these less uh, overtones of uh, racism and inequity?
2: I feel like for the most part, like pretty much every outdoor sport is like pretty high, like, you know, entrance barrier or whatever. Like outdoor sports have always been historically white. Like I've read things, you know, like people of color will go climbing, their other friends will be like, that's a white person's sport, you know? Mm -hmm. Like so I think doing more like community outreach, like actively trying to get more diversity in the gym, not just like, oh yeah, it's a safe space, everyone's welcome. But like I was uh, you know, there's some like zoom like you know racism workshops or something i'm seeing where it's you know when spaces are created it's not oh yeah the space is including inclusive for everyone it's like the space has been designed to also accommodate you it's been designed with you in mind so i think having like a more like you know i'm i haven't thought about it too much what like gyms could do what like outdoor areas could do because i'm not a gym i'm not an outdoor i just like try and make the Mm -hmm. biggest impact that like i can have but um i think just actively going out of their way to get more diversity maybe offer like some sort of scholarships or something like yearly passes free gear stuff like that to just diversify the gym that would help a lot that way, you know, people of color go to the gym. They're like, I'm not the only person that looks like me here. I don't feel as awkward anymore. You know? Yeah. Have
1: you been in conversation? Oh, sorry. Dude. No, this really will be my last one. Um, have you been in conversation or do you feel like it would be helpful to drive a conversation with your sponsors and get them involved? You mm-hmm. have been. Okay.
2: I've, I've talked to a couple of them about like the actions we could take and I know Tranga specifically is kind of said that they'd be able to donate like a large amount of gear to an organization to, uh, kind of allow for like free shoes, free gear in order to just lower that entrance barrier mm-hmm. a lot to make it more accessible. That's just like one example, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm just in the, I don't want to like give specific plans, you know, cause no there's, worries. So long, yeah. but there's, there's stuff going on now. So that's and awesome. You're
1: here, happy man. with the way they're, um, taking, you know, dealing with trying to make their little portion of the climbing community more inclusive. They're doing good work. Yeah. Okay. That's fucking great yeah. to hear. Sorry, dude. Okay. I'm off my soapbox. You can ask. No, a it was great. <laughs> I was literally just going to keep piggybacking on what we're talking about. So, <laughs> well, it's just, uh, I, it's just such an important, having a guy like you talk like understand your own privilege and be totally comfortable with it. I think is an instructive, um, an instructive lesson for other climbers, you know, cause like it or not, dude, in the coming years, you are going to be either forced or you're going to step into gladly a leadership role in this sport. There's yeah. it's, it's just, that's your I'm, future, man.
2: I, yeah, I know, but it's that it is what it is. You know, do you like so. it? Do you embrace that?
1: You looking forward to that?
2: I mean, yeah, <laughs> I guess so. Like. I wouldn't say I'm like, I go out of my way to be like a natural leader. I kind of always just done my own thing. Like Mm -hmm. I go climbing by myself a lot, you know, I just pack up my car and walk by myself to a boulder, try a boulder by myself. Like I kind of, I've always been more of like a lone wolf, but kind of recently now it's, that's changing just given kind of what I've been doing bouldering. It's like, I did, I'd never really liked a big spotlight, you know, but it's, you know, that's going to have that is happening now so it's like I I always just like to do my own thing but yeah it's it like it is what it is like I'm not like it's not like I'm mad about like I'm not like mad about it not like I'm happy about it too it's like okay I feel like the values I value are things that more people should absolutely that'll like that's kind of the way I'm going along with it
1: I mean the side effect of it all is you're going to become more knowledgeable you're going to be you're going to like pick up all of these personality traits that leaders have like you know knowledge the ability to disseminate information confidently that's fucking i mean that comes in handy everywhere but like yeah. i said like it or not it's coming baby it's yeah, coming no, straight no.
2: at you it. bring it <laughs>
1: has it been weird um kind of jumping into the spotlight over the last year especially with these past uh V16s and like, boom, everybody knows who Drew Rowan is now?
2: Yeah, it's kind of, it's a little strange. <laughs> not something I'm really used to, but it's like a, well, I guess I'm going with it now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to like shut off my Instagram or whatever and just be like, nobody knows what's going on now.
1: <laughs> Poor but, Griffin. Griffin. Yeah, don't Whiteside. don't go Griffin Whiteside on us, man.
2: I mean, I respect that. He just oh, I do really 100% for himself. He doesn't care about spotlight or media or anything. He's just like, I want to go do boulders.
0: Yeah. How do you, how do you think like having, I don't know, having an Instagram affects your, your climbing, like how different do you think your, your climbing would be if you weren't necessarily constantly trying to like, you know, you put yourself out there to be in in our scene. Do you think it has a big effect on you?
2: Uh, like climbing's perspective. No, I will say I've started to get recognized a lot more, like just you know, in the gym, people will just be like, "Oh, nice job on that boulder," and that used to never happen before. Yeah. I'll be like just warming up or something, and someone's like, "Oh, hey, nice job on like you know that last hard boulder you did." And I'm like, "Oh, cool, thanks." <laughs> What's <your> name, man? <laughs> then just start a conversation. So, dude, I
0: saw one of your one of your more recent posts that Chris Sharma wrote. Good job, Drew. And that just kind of cracked me up because I'd be like, "That'd be so tight." Just have Chris <laughs> down and be like, "Hey, nice work."
2: <laughs> yeah, I remember when he started following me. It was like a big day. You know? Yeah, so.
0: for real.
1: That's so fucking cool. Let's talk about just real quick before we end this. Yeah. up, is—you brought up a really good point, um, dude. So social media is a big part of sponsorship, right?
2: Uh, or yeah, is it? I think it's like it's one of the bigger tools to like get your voice heard.
1: How do you like that?
2: Uh, I like it. I back to kind of what it's like. It's cool, but I think people sometimes get a little too wrapped up in social media. Like, yeah. I mean, it's not necessarily a bad thing, you know. But there's a real life out there as well. Yeah. So, like, it's I post basically just what I do, and that's about it. Like, I'm like, oh, cool, did this climb? Like, woo, you know. <laughs> See. But this- not like taking stories of like every single thing that goes on throughout the day like I don't know. That's
1: perfect, dude. See, that that question is supposed to highlight all the fucked up little parts of your brain where like you're you feel bad about yourself. You need to post stuff and you just you you totally sidestep that whatever. so I have no follow-up questions cuz you're well adjusted.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like, I don't know. I could definitely see how like for some people social media can be like a really damaging platform you know and just con because social media usually only portrays like the best of people you don't really see the like struggle and i mean i'm guilty of that too like i don't really post like my struggle vids or whatever mm-hmm. i like kind of only post like what i do what i accomplish but that's just the way i've like structured my social media accounts for years um but it's also important to realize like social media is not the real world at all it's not real life at all it's just a tool to take snippets of your day basically
1: yeah it's curated it's nice. a curated life it's it's make believe that it's not make believe but the way you put it together is like this it's, little make believe world
2: version of your life yeah exactly it, so. Some people post like fail vids. I I love those the most because I'm like yes, let's see more. You know, like mm-hmm. that's sick. Let's see like the growth and stuff. Let's see how people will like grow as a person, like grow as a climber, grow as like whatever. Yeah, whatever it could be.
1: Well, that it's important too because like when I see your send vid of Sleepwalker i'm like fuck i think i could do that dude that thing looks like about v5 (laughs) so if i wouldn't have known that you worked on that so hard and like pieced it together move at a time like you can see how social media just totally warps everything because you literally make that look like something i could warm up on (laughs) (laughs) it's
3: fucking
0: crazy
2: that's just how i rock climb i guess
0: yeah
3: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all right
0: that's what it always that's looks the, like bro that's the classic that's climbing cool. video thing though you can see i mean eat. that's
2: what you want to aim for like if yeah. you're like it literally like if you're able to climb perfectly it like you use less energy mm-hmm. than if you're like constantly like foot slipping or stuff like that so that's just years and years of me like trying to climb as perfectly as possible dude but yeah, i will dude. say that, that one climb that was like i think the luckiest i've ever gotten on a red point try like oh. i've very few times where i've been like wow i hit every single hold every crystal and every hold every movement Heck perfectly." Yeah. and so that try did feel about v5 because everything went absolutely yeah it just
0: perfect. felt perfect
2: but every try leading up to that i was like dude this thing i'm never doing this so hard. <laughs> and it just clicked i was like oh okay sick
1: isn't that fucking crazy man that is just what keeps us in love with the sport are those moments yeah. when you're just hitting things perfectly
2: Yeah. That one moment, like I'm going to remember the feeling of doing that climb for like the rest of my life. Yeah. That one was like, Oh wow. That was the first time where it was like, that is what like for me, like a perfect feeling rock climb was went like, you know,
0: and think about the echelon of climbers who had done that before you, you know, it's like Daniel, Nolly, Jimmy. And then it's just like, that's pretty, pretty like cool tier of people to, to fall in with. (laughs) Yeah. Um, i have a kind of a nerdy bouldering question i guess like when was the when was the last time that you went to a climb and you were like i can't do that does that happen to you
2: (laughs) (laughs) no it it happens for sure there's like some well it doesn't happen usually where i'm like that is physically impossible for me that never happens i'm always like okay i could get through this it's just how much time am i willing to give up there's some climbs that have uh kind of beat me down for quite many sessions and i don't know why it happens and i'm like dude i should i should have done yeah. this 30 sessions ago what is going on but that's not that's different that's like more of a mental block thing versus like a, yeah. a physically Physical. can't do this climb
0: that is interesting um, <laughs> I just like the way you frame that Feedy. Does
1: that happen to you? <laughs> yeah,
0: I mean, let's be real here. Like, do you ever fail? Because it happens It happens to me a lot. Yeah. So
1: more, <laughs> of, more often than not, that's the way I'm climbing. Why can't I fucking do this? Um, well, dude, we're running out of time on the Zoom chat. Um, um, we got 10 more minutes on this round, so let's wrap it up. But I want to say that I really admire the voice that you've chosen to use in social media to stand up and, you know, make your opinions heard on the inequity in society and the racial unrest that we're going through right now, because people listen to you, man. And that's really important. And you're like self-knowledge that you fucking know you're privileged. And now it's time to use that privilege for some good. That's just, it's Really refreshing. It's, I mean, I don't want to, this is not patronizing, but especially from a 21 year old, like a guy who's going to be a leader in our sport. It's just, it's great to see, man. Like sincerely.
2: It's, yeah. It's just have a privilege. Use it, you know, have a voice. Use it. And exactly. Reason not
0: to. Amen, brother.
1: Well, keep up <laughs> the fucking send train, dude. Uh, I'll be interested to see these things keep falling around to you like dominoes, dude. Yeah
2: yeah hopefully big plans coming soon for yeah. next year
0: gotta go try burn your dreams soon
2: maybe not that one but maybe <laughs> other similarly graded projects fair enough fair enough
0: and then yeah. the Donwall. and then the Donwall. Like- hell yeah, yeah.
2: all hey right you, drew buddy. well uh appreciate you
0: coming on yeah dude. thanks so much man i really appreciate yeah, it of course if uh, there's
2: anything uh any other questions you guys think of like after the fact just hit me up again cool
1: yeah, we'll do. And I also... Down in the city where
0: the wind patterns change Blowing around the buildings all tall and strange Okay, wait. What's funny about this interview is at the end of I'm pretty sure our last episode we talked about we like, yeah, we don't want to just interview people who are crushing. But then we were like, but if Drew Ruana said he wanted to come on, <laughs> we would interview Drew. That because A, he's crushing but he's also like we like we talk about on the pod and you heard him saying he's also being an incredible advocate um speaking up about all this the social injustice that exists in our world and we love that and um we're so y-
1: proud to have him on man. yeah it was so cool was too because
0: uh let's be real here it's not every day you get to talk to someone who is at the very top of your favorite sport yeah. um so for me And Dave, we talked a little bit about how it was kind of hard to keep the fanboy inside and just sort of try to talk about his stuff in like a conversational manner not just be like,
2: oh, which V-15 is hard? How do you do that? Yeah.
1: um, Dude, it's like if you've never interviewed anybody before, dear listeners at home, it is fucking hard not to just be like, dude, like literally, how do you do that? Yeah.
0: (laughs) How do you hold on to those? What yeah. does it
1: feel like to it definitely, be so strong? And it definitely came out in me a little bit
0: where I was like, dude, do you do you ever... Do you fail? Do you ever have a boulder move that you can't do? Does that happen And, to you? and then in hilarious fashion, he's like, actually, not really, no. <laughs> <laughs> Which is incredible and I think speaks volumes to how little of Drew's full potential he has realized. Because uh, we got many, many years of watching this kid
1: do some amazing things, and yeah. I'm super excited yeah, for it. So especially because he's well adjusted. He's yeah. comfortable with being a leader in the community. He's comfortable with speaking his mind. And uh, boy, dude, we we need that in
0: climbing. I mean, he's absolutely represents that next generation of of climber. You know, like you had Chris Sharma came shattered. Like the shit he was doing casually was the st- hardest stuff that people were doing in the generation before him. Then you have Daniel Woods, Paul Robinson, that crew kind of Alex Puccio, and then yeah, they just—it's just—it's just just cool to see. Like, okay, turns out V15 maybe isn't actually that hard. (laughs) I know for these (laughs) for these new kids, man, like doing it in a session—that's totally normal. I think.
1: What's the ceiling? What is going to be the ceiling? Are these dudes literally going to find a way to climb glass? Yes.
0: Um, it's so interesting
1: to think about. Well, abso- kind of, absolutely. If you're nerds like us.
0: Yeah, we are definitely nerds about this stuff. And um, yeah, I don't know. I was, I was just, and it's funny, you know. Usually, the way we get guests is we have some kind of connection to them, or someone hooks us up with them. Yeah. Um, Flip through it's the Rolodex. Very not normal. So I just messaged Drew on Instagram. I was like, Hey, we really like you. You should come on the podcast. And he actually was like, Yeah. <laughs> So, oh, thanks for taking a chance with us, Drew. Thanks, Drew. Just two bumblefucks. Good. Wow. Throwback. That's yeah, a throwback, throwback to like episode 3.
1: Yeah. Bumblefucks. Bumblefucks. What are you doing this week? Let's talk about us because at the end of the day, yeah. we're, we're psychopathically
0: most, narcissistic. Yeah, the Thundercling actually is our it's just so that we can talk. It's a vehicle to tell you about mm-hmm. us. It's actually gotten so toxic where Dave and I don't even... When we stop recording, we don't say anything to each other. Nobody's listening. Why... Yeah, why would we waste our breath?
1: It's like screaming in an empty forest.
0: Yeah. And... um, Unless
1: people are listening, I don't feel like... It's actually becoming a problem. It's a problem to you? Yeah. Because I'm not pulling my weight or like I'm not as cool as you
0: now or... It's just weird, you know, not
1: being able to... we don't talk anymore? we don't talk (laughs) anymore. I fucking love it, dude. I love, like, when we uh, see each other, we don't, just not, not a word. Yeah, just intense eye contact. And a lot of, like, under the breath, like, oh, you fucking think you're so cool, huh? Oh, yeah, I but then you. we
0: compartmentalize it so well. Yeah,
1: and now yeah. everybody's like,
0: FD and Dave seem like they really get along together. <laughs> Boy, I got news for you. Yeah, dear guys, so um, after I gave Dave shit last episode about his um (laughs) oh my god that had some rippling effects go ahead and tell the story uh well you know we i i told dave because dave dave has a tendency to talk about how long it's been since he climbed and so i just mentioned it i brought it up in the episode and i can't believe this is happening again by the way and uh (laughs) dave was given some shit from his friends besides i am i am Currently, still, still receiving. Currently yeah. receiving
1: shit. I I've just got a text from a friend out of nowhere. He was like, "Oh hey, I can't climb. <laughs> I'm not gonna be able to make the uh, moon, moon board session. I haven't climbed in like three weeks,
0: maybe, maybe even four I was like, "Dude, fucking feety, ruining my life." So you know, it's. I think it's a little painful right now, but I think it'll. It's good in long term. It was a good learning lesson. And, um, for me. but Dave, is he's taking his first vacation-slash-climbing trip outside of Denver for the first time in over a year. And we're all very excited for him, and we're all wishing him the best. We have <gasps> a little ribbon and a little ticker tape party we're going to have. Yeah. He's going to drive through a gauntlet of his friends. We're going to throw rice Confetti at him. Confetti and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Dave, I'm driving Dave. an hour
1: and a half away. <laughs> it is... I've never driven an hour and a half away from Denver. You No, that's a lie. Not since I moved here. Never once. What? I've never let i've never gone farther than like um clear creek Evan, mount evans okay and so i am the whole world is i feel like it's opening up to me
0: yeah so mm-hmm. we're excited to see where dave goes and if he comes back <laughs> yes. i fucking hope i don't come back dude i hope i live in red yeah. cliff for the rest of my life that would make the podcast a little trickier but i think we can make it work still we can do it i'll have to just pick up our guest drive to red cliff and find you in the riverbed Talk there and then return. You know, another interesting
1: thing is a lot of people out there think that we're only boulders. Oh Uh, boulder brass and the pebble wrestlers and fucking I'm not a listener, Thundercling. Yeah. Um It's just not true. We've been sport climbing. Only sport climb. Well, no, yeah. you've been kind of doing a little yeah, bit we of went everything. Sp-
0: we, uh, Dave and I went sport climb for the first time ever together. Yeah. Which is kind of funny. We've and, climbed uh, a lot
1: together, but never never sport climb. Never sport climb together.
0: And uh, Dave took a t- took a f- bunch of funny falls. And somehow, I don't know if y'all, y'all follow the Thundercling Instagram, but Dave posted the photos of his weird uh, carabiner tattoo he got. The carabiner man somehow slapped his back and imprinted itself on his back. And a very unorthodox, unusual incident. I've never seen it.
1: The adjective "funny" yeah, in front funny. of that fall maybe doesn't describe my yeah. emotions as I was taking those <laughs> falls. That I wouldn't have described that as "quote unquote" yeah. funny. Funny, kind of. I feel like my head is gonna bash the rock.
0: Yeah, yeah. And
1: so I have to do n- neo bullshit to yeah. get out of the way because I w- didn't have my helmet with me. I like that trial by fire. Upside down. I, I took one fall.
0: Yeah. This fall was just so
1: fucking violent. Yeah. I don't even know why, but I fell, and me and Feedy
0: we crotch slammed yeah. each other. Scissored. We scissored each other
1: <laughs> at the first bolt. Yeah. Because this fucking fall is so aggressive.
0: Yeah, we scissored each other, and then you were able to stand up out of the fall.
1: Yeah, so, not ideal. Not
0: ideal. I'm going to go ahead and put that in the... Uh, we probably should have clipped that, because f- we stick clipped the second bolt, but not in the first one. I think having the first one clipped would have put more rope track, in hindsight, and yeah. kept the rope further away from your falls. Maybe. But, but that's... that's a, it's, They've got this gigantic stick clip, which I love. It's like 35 <laughs> feet long. It's
3: 22 feet
1: long. <laughs> It's, I have a 22-foot stick yeah. clip, if you get what I'm saying. I
0: do get it. I absolutely do. I a, shouldn't have said that. I wish I wouldn't have said that. That's, such a that's, what you're, fucking, that's what you meant, right?
1: Yeah, I yeah. can stick clip 22 feet. I can put a draw 22 yeah. feet He can literally go
0: to some of the Clear Creek Crags and just hang all the draws.
1: I hope to top rope all of my projects with this stick clip forever. Forever. I'm going to hook it to my harness, stick clip my way up everything, and then I'm going to take photos of me rappelling down, being like, I can't believe I sent today. <laughs> and that's, ladies and gentlemen, that's why you should buy a stick clip. Okay, wh- what, what are we doing What are we, doing? What are we even doing? Ugh. It was really fun, though. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy the interview. And uh, if you don't follow Drew, follow him, because um, he just strikes me as
0: a really fucking good person. And you're going to be seeing a fuck ton of him in the future unless something catastrophic happens.
1: Well, that, you don't Whoa. need to say that.
0: Yeah, sorry, I kind of uh, regret what? it. <laughs>
1: Jesus. Alright. Well uh, on to on to brighter news. Yeah. It's it's over, people. It's over. The, the podcast is over for today. Yeah, yeah, that's what that's the brighter we'll news. We'll be that's good yeah, news. That's good news. We I are gonna stop talking.
0: It. I thought you were ending the podcast forever.
1: We'll see if I don't come
0: back from my
1: uh Red one cliff. and a half hour drive yeah. away to my vacation. Go maybe find it is Dave. over. He's
3: in Redcliffe. We'll we'll
0: Red we'll find him. Yeah, come find me. Come <laughs> climb with me. He's gonna be reading a book and just falling on boulders unless he sends. I'm not saying he won't send.
1: Dude, what is... <laughs> this is the worst outro ever.
0: I feel attacked. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, let's end it. Let's yeah, go home. Alright, bye guys. Bye!